Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number seven of the Skagorak CoronaCast, a weekly information podcast for the Skagorak community during the coronavirus closures. This week will be an abbreviated podcast, as there will be an additional episode coming later this week when we get more information from the Norwegian government about further reopening of the school. We will have our regular news and events for the week April 27th to 30th, an interview with Beverly Martinson, the founder and director of Skagrag Playmakers, to talk about some exciting developments, and then we will have the full production of The Golden Apple and Oristaya, the Skagrag Playmakers production for this year in its entirety. Thank you for listening, and once again this week, there'll be an additional episode on Thursday or Friday concerning further reopening of the school. Enjoy. Hello, and this is the news and events for the week of April 27th to April 30th. This week saw the return of the students' grades 1 to 4 to our campus, and it was a joyous and chaotic first couple of days. All the students and parents have adjusted to new entrance procedures, hand wash procedures, but they handled it with great style. Uh, The students came back excited and ready to go, uh, with almost full attendance in the grade 2, 3, 4 grade levels, and a almost full attendance in grade one. Uh, The students picked up in numbers as we went throughout the week. And as I record this podcast now, Monday morning, May 4th, uh, we have almost everybody back in grades one to four. We are expecting an announcement for the rest of the school sometime today or tomorrow. I got a news brief from the Minister of Education telling schools to prepare for all students returning before the summer. And also mentioning in that news brief that the turnaround time or notice period would be less than in the past and to start preparing. What does that mean for Skagerrak? Uh, Luckily, we do have space to work with and we are going to alter our physical campus to the best of our abilities to make it safe uh, with all the measures from the government. Uh, Grade five and six, when they return, will be housed within the middle school. So the red, I'm sorry, within the red building. So the entire primary school will be within the red building in separate spots with separate entrances and toilets. The middle and high school will be housed fully within the high school building, once again with separate toilets and entrances. Uh, One thing that will affect us is that DP2, the final year, are officially finished now. Uh, So we have to accommodate six grade levels, MY1 to four, year 11 and DP1 within the high school facilities. And we plan on doing that with a mix of physical and digital learning. Uh, Much more information about that will be coming up in the next podcast. Some other news that came up this week were the finalization of the high school graduation plans. On May 19th, Mr. Glittenberg and the high school staff will be having a drive-in graduation in the Skagrak High School parking lot uh, for graduates and their immediate family to receive their diploma in a drive-in setting. Uh, Lots of fun um, updates coming soon from Mr. Glittenberg about that. On May 25th, there will be a virtual graduation, which will be digital, where friends and family from around the world can join. Um, We have to be flexible in times like this, but I think uh, Mr. Glittenberg has found a fun answer to this. Um, That's all for the shortened uh, podcast, the shortened news and events. News and events, we only had four days last week. I will be putting out another podcast this week, which will detail the changes for the rest of the school um, from the upcoming announcement. 
Up next on the podcast, we're going to hear from Beverly Martinson about a really fabulous update. Some good news that has come our way with the Skagerrak Playmakers. Thanks for listening. I would now like to welcome Beverly Martinson, the founder and director of Skagerrak Playmakers, to the podcast. Welcome, Beverly. Thank you. Uh, wonderful to be here with some... Some good news. Some good news. Yeah, yeah one, we got, uh, our, we got our play podcast as well done, and now we got some other good news, right? <laughs> that's right. We just, if you haven't heard it, we just released uh, the digital broadcast of the Oristaya and the Golden Apple. But also recently, we've heard some very good news. Um, and I'm going to let you tell us about it, Beverly. Okay. Well, uh, th- last fall, I started telling school, you guys, and parent council, we, playmakers need a little bit more funding. And Erian Mirvold got working, and we have received a grant from Spotterbank Stiftelsen DNB for 225,000 kroners that will be dispersed over the next three years. That's amazing. And that is will secure that we will run, because it was kind of those questions we had at this point. Uh, can we continue? And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about where Playmakers has come from. Mm-hmm. Not putting on great shows every single year, but I know it hasn't been easy. And tell us a little bit about the history. Because yeah. that's really what Erian got working on, and we titled our application uh, 10th Anniversary. Because way back in 2011, John Goodnow and I sat down and said, let's do this. And we just called ourselves Playmakers. And established, okay, we're going to do this, and none of us were getting paid to do the job. We just did it and used the kids at Skagarak and started with a simple budget and <laughs> worked our way up uh, over years so that, yeah, next next spring will be the 10th performance. So that's kind of part of the application went into <laughs> to get that in there because um, John's retiring, which is why I said I needed more funding because John and I have been doing this, as we said, pretty much Big borrow and steal, and if we're going to continue and we need to get some outside help, we're going to need some more funds. <laughs> so, so now you have these funds, which is amazing, and it's another great uh, sense of community in Santa Fjord and Norway mm. that the money for things like this is out there. And yeah, Sk- Skagerrak Playmakers has kids after school every day for months doing a great, great job with theater. What kind of things can you do now with this grant? Well, this is it. It's, it's, it's not for remuneration, which is like paying the director or me as an instructor. But by getting this, all the other stuff is then covered and we should be able to use our, some of our own funds to, to pay that. Because we do get something called Frifond Midlid, which is a government thing as well. And that we can use to pay that director. That can be our application. And then here we can stop beg, borrowing and stealing, as I say. <laughs> Um, to be able to work a little bit better on the equipment and things we need. We do costumes, we do sets, the kids do them, and we've been really thrifty before, finding scrap material here and there and old paint pots. And <laughs> yep, no, but you always get it done, and it's always yeah. a great job. And so this time, maybe with some of that, we won't have to think all the time of that. The kids have always asked me, like, this year's costume crew has really grown, you know, because normally that's been just me and other parents. And they were like, well, what kind of budget do we have? And, and we can go to thrift shops and things like that. You know, and it's like, yeah, don't worry, guys. We, we, we do have a budget for it, but we, of course, do thrift. <laughs> so, Well, th- this is great news for Skagrack Playmakers. It's great news for Skagrack 
And Beverly, I've watched you with Playmakers for year after year, putting in your time and effort. And I think it's amazing for you. And I can't wait to see uh, what you guys come up with next year. Any ideas? Any thoughts? Well, now that uh, you have a budget, <laughs> or a little bit more, because you know, I was thinking about what this could mean for the future. And some of the things I think we're definitely going to use the money for is a bit more workshops because we've done that with the kids, improv or stage combat when necessary. And they ask for like, I can't do this every year. I don't have the budget, but now we can. And, um, and then the little mini playmakers and juniors, they definitely live on a shoestring. So now we could do something for them as well. And we are going to do our Oyastaya depending on, uh, we may have to do it in Losh Ask, though, if, if we can't open up the big theaters and keep it internal in our family. And then I'm thinking we might be able to buy some light equipment or something that would come everybody can use. And then, Fantastic. yeah. So we still have an Oristaya we're going to, to perform. We have promised that. After that, I'm not sure because I'm not sure who would be a director. I still, I don't want to promise anybody anything, but me and John Glittenberg one time talked and I would still like to try for Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Oh, wow. So, because I'm not going to be around for much longer either. And when I'm ready, I'm going to also try to go out with something I really love. <laughs> so, well, thank, thank you very much for talking with us, Beverly. And on behalf of Skagrek, thank you very much for all you do with the Playmakers. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to see the uh, what you guys get up to with this. And thanks to Orion Mirfold oh, uh, for once again finding... Uh, these things that are out there and making an application and making a difference at our school. Oh yeah. Without his help there. And I said, getting the parent council will have to come more and more on board so that we can see where we're going to go for the next three years and keep it going after that too. <laughs> sure. All right. Thank you very much, Beverly. Okay. A big thank you to Ms. Martinson for her tireless work with the Skagrak Playmakers group. Up next, we have the full digital reproduction of the golden apple and Oristaya. Unfortunately, the coronavirus claimed this production as another victim, and we had to cancel the original date. Earlier attempts to digitalize this performance came up with difficulties, so please find in its entirety, along with an introduction from director John Goodnow, The Golden Apple and Oristaya. Hello, this is John Goodnow, the artistic director of the Skygrack Playmakers. I'd like to welcome you all to this production of The Golden Apple, written by myself and Thomas Goodnow, and The Oristaya, written by Aeschylus, uh, 2,400 years ago, uh, and severely <laughs> rewritten by me. Um, it is the oldest Greek play we have. Uh, um, it was directed completely by myself uh, and, and with the help of my associate director, Emmalinda Stodd. Uh, I recommend you take a, a short intermission break after the Agamemnon before the uh, Libation Bearers and the Eumenides. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the production. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Oristaya. The Golden Apple. Written by John Goodnow and Thomas Goodnow. Performed by the Junior Playmakers. Enter chaos on a bleak, dark stage. I am chaos, the beginning of all things. It was I who waved my hand and made the galaxies and stars in their magnificent beauty and the burning fire of their ways. Out of that forge comes growth, the creation of life itself. 
and what is the pinnacle of life? The immortal gods and the puny human beings. The gods of Olympus contend in strife, in conflict, in all their wicked ways. And mankind divides itself into nations, one conquering another, only to have themselves overthrown in vain. Take this simple apple, for instance, a pretty little thing, and yet in the hands of gods and men it contains power, the power to topple a mighty city, the power to cut down kingly might and silence the gift of prophecy. Ah, such power residing in so small a thing. It is a fair thing, and as is written on it, to the fairest of them all. He sets the apple down as he hears rumblings and mumblings from the rear of the house. Ah, here they come now, my children, the great gods of Olympus. Let us see how they will deal with this brief encounter with their destiny. We are the gods. We love to feast. Clap, clap, boom, boom. And this is the feast we have tonight. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Ambrosia is sweet, the food of the gods. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Singing, S dancing. Clap, clap, boom, boom. And swinging, grunting. Clap, clap, boom, boom. We are the gods. We love to feast. Clap, clap, boom, boom. And this is the feast we have tonight. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Ambrosia is sweet, the food of the gods. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Singing, dancing. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Swinging, prancing. Clap, clap, boom, boom. Ambrosia is sweet. Boom, 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 boom. We, we are the gods are of Olympus. Crash! I am Zeus, king of all gods of Olympus. Behold my power. What is that? That little golden thing laying on the ground? Hermes, my godly messenger. Go and pluck it up. Yes, so mighty Zeus, king of all the gods of Olympus. He picks it up and mutters to himself. What are you saying there, Hermes? What do you say? I was just reading what it said in this golden apple. And what, pray tell, does it say? Well, it says, to the fairest of them all. Obviously belongs to me, for am I not Hera, queen of all the gods of Olympus? Give it here. I don't know. My lady Athena, patron goddess of Athens, use your great wisdom and advise me in this moment of my need. And what would you have me do, sweet Hermes, messenger of Zeus? Would you have me tell you to give it to her? I think not. Give it here, dear Hermes. Hera lets out a great puff. Huh. You gods are all crazy. Insane with your lust of divine worship. Surely belongs to me, Aphrodite, the goddess of love. Or do I not have the greatest claim as the first of you all? Give it here, Hermes. <sighs> The three goddesses begin to hurl insults at one another simultaneously, then start hurling themselves at each other, the situation quickly approaching to an all-out brawl. Gods, pull my proper before I leash my thunderbolts at them. 
Bam, some thunder and lightning. Several gods intervene and pull them apart. Oh, what to do, what to do. Oh, I know. Since we gods fail to agree, we will call a mortal man to relieve us of the pressure of the situation. Hermes, my messenger, I enjoin you to go to Troy and find Paris, a worthy prince there. Bring him atop of Olympus, and he will judge the matter at hand. Go now, with all haste. I trust these three goddesses will appreciate his impartial judgment in this. The three acquiesce with little graciousness. Yes, my great lord Zeus. Oh, 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 what will be the end of this? Who is this prince whom Zeus speaks so highly? What, what, what will his judgment be? What will his criteria be? What will the outcome be? I fear the worst in all of this. Oh, oh, oh. Hermes appears and tosses Paris to the ground. Here he is, Lord Zeus. Paris, Prince of Troy. Good. I trust Hermes has told you your purpose, here. Well, yes, he told me a ridiculous story about gods and goddesses and... Zeus raises his hand and thunder peals. Oh, you're indeed Zeus, king of all the gods. Yes, I am. And you are to pick the fairest of them all. Oh, oh my, oh my, oh my. Let me speak to the boy first, for I am queen of the gods. Come with me, Paris, to a place where none shall eavesdrop on what we say to each other. Zeus exits. She leads him another place on the stage. Athena and Aphrodite sneak into a position where they can hear. Come here and sit with me, boy. No, not there, boy, here. You may sit at my feet. Now tell me, what in the entire world do you desire most? In the entire world? Well, I really don't know. Come on now, something must tickle your fancy. What is it? No, no, I really don't know. Well, you really are the innocent, aren't you? As queen of the gods, I will much power. You do know this, don't you? I can give you that kind of power. The power to rule armies, lay cities to waste, call on nations to bow to your will. This is desirable, is it not? Oh, it is. Then grant me the golden apple, and you shall have that power. Your glory will be more so, but great in its scope and magnificence. That is more than I could ever have wished for. Yeah, I know. We gods are powerful creatures, far above the confines of humankind. Goodbye, Paris. I await your judgment. Oh, wow. It's going to be hard to top that. Power. 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 Power corrupts. Absolutely. 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 Para exits. Athena moves to where Paris is still sitting. Hello, Paris. Mm, hello. Do you know who I am? No, not really. I'm Athena, patron goddess of the great city of Athens and the goddess of wisdom. Oh, then I know who you are, by reputation at least. I heard what Hera has offered you. It was quite something, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But come and stand up here. Look out there. You can see the vast plains and mountains and the seas of the world laid out before you. What does it look like? So beautiful, so great, filled with power and majesty. And with Hera's help, you can conquer all of that. But how would you hold it? Your eyes 
be wars and rumors of wars. There will be death and destruction at your hands. We do not wish to stop those things. Well, yes, of course, who would want such bloody things on his hands? But they need not to be on your hands. I have the key. I can give you the wisdom to use such great powers. You can? Oh, yes, of course. Goddess of wisdom and all that. You can give that to me? Am I not a goddess? Yeah, you are. Then grant me the golden apple. You shall have that wisdom from me, the wisdom to rule. I await your choice. What a difficult choice. The power or the wisdom? Is happiness, 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 wisdom, or is it power and glory? What is wisdom? The bring of peace, the bring of joy to life, or just the ability to do the right thing? Is happiness, 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 wisdom, or is it power and glory? What is wisdom? Is it life and liberty, the bringer of a contented life, or merely the ability to do the right thing? Is happiness, 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 wisdom, or is it power and glory? Is happiness, 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 wisdom, or is it power and glory? Aphrodite moves from hiding to stand near Paris. Hey, Paris. How are you doing? Actually, I'm doing pretty daggum good. Come here. Let's sit together. No, no. Sit here. Uh, you know which guidance I am, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. You're Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And you know my power, then? Oh, yeah. And you know what I could give to you? No, no, not really. Have you heard of Helen? Helen of Sparta, the wife of King Menelaus. Who hasn't heard of her? She's the most beautiful, the most desirable woman in the world. All the kings of Greece won oath to rescue her if she ever betrayed her husband. Yes. That is most, yes, indeed, that is most definitely her. Paris, if you grant me the golden apple, I will deliver her to you. Whoa. Zeus, Zeus, I've chosen. And mortal, what is your choice? The golden apple belongs to Aphrodite. Yay! Hera and Athena both let out very aggravated huffs. Zeus is perplexed. The gods react in horror. Aphrodite spins in delight. Go forth, Hermes. Take this mortal man to Sparta to claim his prize, Helen, the wife of King Menelaus. Exit Hermes in Paris. Don't call anyone lucky until the end of his days. He thinks he is so lucky. He thinks he will be happy. Don't call anyone lucky until the end of his days. And that is the end of the golden apple. And so the fairest little apple made of gold sets in motion the great war at Troy. It lasts ten long years and ends with Troy's utter destruction. But I overtake my own story. As Paris said, when the news of taking of Helen from Sparta broke, it spread like wildfire.
the kings of mighty Greece set forth in a thousand well-manned ships, a great fleet, but it stalled at Aulis where the winds refused to blow. The prophets told them they must make a great sacrifice to stir the winds back up. So, while Odysseus hatched a clever plot, he had Agamemnon, the lord of Greek lords, send a message home to his wife, Clytemnestra. In the message he said, send to me our eldest daughter so that she might marry Achilles, the mightiest warrior in the Greek host. And when Clytemnestra heard this astonishing news, she let out a great cry of joy and sent her daughter Iphigenia off to Aulis. And when Iphigenia arrived, she was wedded to a knife that dripped with her blood. The winds built back up at this great sacrifice. The fleet sailed to Troy, and there the war was waged for ten bloody years until Odysseus had the idea for a horse, a great horse made of wood that allowed the Greek soldiers to steal into Troy under the guise of a gift. The very next day, after the ravishing of Troy, the fleet sailed home to Greece. So here we are at Mycenae, the home of King Agamemnon. Now let the story of our play tonight commence. The Aristia by Aeschylus, Part 1, Agamemnon. The curtain opens, a wild storm in south, filled with thunder and lightning. As the storm fades into distance, a lone sentry appears on the rooftop. You gods, release me. Crouch like a dog I watch always, all year long, on the tower of the sons of Atreus. I have come to know the, the nightly gathering of the stars. They bring the seasons and the changes of the seasons. But for me, no change. It is a different flaming light I watch for. The beacon fire, the telltale witness that Troy is captured. Such are my orders, orders from a hopeful queen who thinks with the mind of a man. I have a bed here, soaked with dew, always shifting, but no dreams. Fear is my visitor, not so Still, if the fire of the good news shines through the darkness, all our troubles may be over. The beacon, day after night, my lady, Agamemnon's wife, get out of bed. Cry out a blessing on the beacon since Troy is truly captured. As for the rest, I have no word. A great ox stands on my tongue. If the house itself had a voice to speak, it would tell the clearest story. Exit. From out the audience comes the voice of the chorus. This is the tenth year since Elatronus land. The Greek fleet of a thousand ships to help right the wrongs done. They launched it, King Menelaus and Agamemnon, his brother. From their hearts a great war cry, they screamed like eagles and the lonely loss of their nestlings. The one higher up, some Apollo or Zeus, sends the sons of Atreus against Paris in this quarrel of a woman of many men. Several more come running in. What is the matter? What is the news? What have you heard? What message do you trust? I tell how Agamemnon and Malaeus, the son of Atreus, Twin-throated, single-hearted, lords of the youth of Greece, were sent against the land of Troy, with spear in hand, for the exact arrangements for the rape of Helen. 
In time, this journey will capture Troy, prime city, and all herds that graze before her towers. Shall fate give violently to plunder? I only pray that no anger from the god will cast a cloud upon this army. Cry, sorrow, sorrow, but let the good prevail. I call on Apollo the healer to keep those contrary winds, staying winds, winds that stop sailing altogether, in eagerness for a different sacrifice. The sacrifice of a daughter that is lawless and horrible, an anger that punishes child slaughter. Zeus, whoever he is, there is only Zeus. Zeus, it is who laid down the rule that understanding comes through suffering. It is against our will that we become wise. So on that day, Agamemnon, leader of the Greek ships, spoke and said, Heavy indeed my fate if I disobey, but heavy too if I must butcher my child, the glory of my house. So he dared to become his daughter's sacrificer to aid the war waged for a woman. Her prayers, her cries of father, her maiden life, they sit at nothing. Agamemnon ordered his servants to lift her carefully over the altar. After the prayer, swooning, her clothes all around her, a gag on her beautiful face, struggling to speak. What happened after that, I cannot tell. But the scales of justice have come down and brought with suffering, understanding. You will learn the future when it happens. Till then, let it be. Enter Clytemestra. My people, citizens of Mycenae, you shall learn of a joy greater than you hope, for the Greeks have taken prime city. What? I cannot believe you. I can understand. Troy is the Greeks' city now. Are my words clear? Joy steals all over me and calls out tears too. Your eyes proclaim you a subject loyal and true. What makes you trust the news? Have you proof of it? I have, of course, unless the gods deceived me. But when was it the city was sacked? In this last night that brought this dawn to birth. One messenger can be as quick as that. The god of fire, sending the brilliant glow from Mount Ida. Beacon sent beacon here with courier fires over the Saronic Gulf and struck right here on the roof of Atreus. That fire is the grandchild of the fire on Mount Ida. Such proof I have, sent me out of Troy by my man. My lady, to the gods once again, I shall give my prayers of thanks. Troy is captured. This is the day. The Greeks hold it. Within that city, there rings out a volume of cries that does not mingle. Here are these throwing themselves on the dead bodies of husbands and brothers, children on the bodies of their fathers, all sorrowing for the destiny of their dead. They cry from throats no longer free. Then there are the others, they who are conquerors. Only let no lust seize the army first. Let no greed conquer them to make them ravish what they should not. They must still make the home voyage safely. In the sight of the gods, the wrong done to the dead may yet awaken. This is what you hear from me, a woman. My lady, you talk wisely, like a sensible man. Surely we should thank the gods for all they have done for us. 
Oh, Zeus the king, great Zeus of guest friends, I revere. Zeus has done all this. He has forever bent his bow against Paris. Paris, who came to the house of son of Atreus and stained with the shame the table of his host. By the theft of that host's wife, Helen, Helen has brought, brought, Helen has brought to Troy ruin instead of dowry. The war god is a money changer. Men's bodies are his money. He holds the scales in the battle of the spear. From Troy he sends back to those who love them. The scribbins of dust made heavy with their tears. The enemy land that they have taken at last has taken the hidden them in itself. Enter a herald. My Sine, ten long years and I have come to you. Now welcome earth, welcome the light of the sun, and Zeus, supreme lord, welcome back what's left of us after the fight. Now receive the king in glory after so long. King Agamemnon, give him true welcome. King who dug down Troy with a spade of God's justice. Herald of the Greek, of the Greek joy in your homecoming. Joy indeed. If the gods should end my life now, I'd not deny them. We are faint and weak, and, and, and have so grown for you. Why so uneasy? What horror was on your mind? I say nothing, and I am safe. A long, long silence. How could it be? Your king was away. Did you fear others? As you said just now, I would have welcomed death. It has been a success, of course, in the length of time, one must say some things have gone well, some ill. Our beds were under the enemy's walls, rain from the sky and dew from the grass soaked us and kept rotting our clothing and red lice in our hair and the winter which killed the birds. And then there was the heat when the sea fell on its noontide bed and slept, not a breath of wind, not a stir on the waves, Oh, why should I feel the pain for all this? It's over, isn't it? All the trouble? It's over indeed for them too, the dead. Those of us make our boast. There was a day when the Greek army took Troy. Re-enter Clytemestra. I shall learn the whole story from my lord himself. What sweeter day for a wife's eye to see that when she opens the doors to her man coming from the army, when the gods have brought him safely back to her. Tell my husband this, bid him come as quick as he can, the city's darling. When he comes, he'll find his wife, true as he left her, the watchdog of his house, devoted to him, enemy of his enemies, the same always and ever. I never broke the seal in all these years. I know of no pleasure with another man, nor any talk of evil gossip about me any more than I know how to dip this blade, to temper it. Such is my boast, so full of truth that even a well-bred wife need not blush to utter it. She has spoken wisely for those who understand her. Do, 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 do. Enter soldiers who come to attention. Enter Agamemnon, followed by Cassandra. My lord, conqueror of Troy, descendant of Atreus, how shall I greet you? How do you reverence? Neither greeting nor scanting do measure of praise. In time, my lord, you shall know which of your citizens stayed here at home, 
dealt justly and which did wrong. First, my Sine, and my country's gods, I must address you. You and I are co-authors of my home return and the justice I exacted from Prime City. The causes were not spoken aloud, but gods heard them and cast their votes with no opposing voices into the bloody urn for Troy's destruction and the deaths of men. For other matters, we'll set up public meetings and take counsel in full assembly. What is now well shall remain well, we shall see to it. But when there is need for healing medicines, we will try by surgery or cautery intelligently to avert the disease. Now, I'll go in, into my halls, my hearth, my home. Victory has followed us. Let her be ours still, constantly. Re-enter Clytemestra. You, citizens of Mycenae, I will not be ashamed of speaking to you of how I love my husband. With time and familiarity, modest inhibition dies away. I will tell of how wretched my life has been while this man was in Troy. At first hand, I will tell it. It has been my life. First, that a woman should sit in her house, lonely without her male, is something terrifying. She hears so many hateful rumors. Here's one has come, and then another, announcing a greater disaster still, mouthing the ruin of our house. And that is also why your son doesn't stand beside me as he should. The proof of our trust, mine to you, yours to me, our Orestes. Do not worry at this. A loyal ally keeps him safe. Strophius, the Phocian. My eyes are in pain from late watching, weeping for the beacons that should tell me of you. But now I have come through all this. My heart is free from sorrow, and so I can describe this man of mine, a watchdog of the house, the saving fourth day of the ship. Now, dear heart, step down, but do not place on earth, my king, this foot that trod Troy to destruction. Servants, to whom I have commanded the task, let his way lie straight before him, strong with purple, that justice may guide him to the home he never hoped for. Daughter of Leda, guardian of my house, your speech is a good fit for my absence. Do not make much of me in this woman's fashion, not and gape flatteringly like some foreigner, nor strew my path with garments that would make it an object of ill will. I tell you, honor me as man, not God. It is only when a life has ended and ended well that one dares say, well done. I would be cheerful if my life were like this in everything. Then tell me this, and let it be your own true judgment. Was it through fear of the gods that you made this vow? I said, if any man ever did, what I knew would happen. He that is not envied is also not admired. A woman shouldn't long so for a fight. In those that win, yielding is graceful. Do you set such store in this dispute? Let me have my way. You are the victor if you yield readily. Well, if you will. Here, someone undo my boots, that are like slaves for the treading of my foot. And as I walk upon these lovely cloths, I pray against the envious eye of the gods, lest from afar they strike me. <laughs>
Bring in this stranger here. And use her kindly. No one chooses to become a slave. This woman is the very flower picked out from the spoils of war as a gift from the army to me. She followed me. Well, since I've been subdued to listen to you, I will go into my house treading on purple. Agamemnon exits. I would have vowed the treading of many garments to win the safe return of your life. Zeus, Zeus, that brings all to perfection. Perfect my prayer. Why this fluttering, insistent terror that keeps guard before my heart? Is the prophetic song that rises unbidden? But nonetheless, my spirit within, my spirit within me dreams of the tune of furies, a song taught by none but itself. The black blood of a man, when once it has fallen to the earth in his death, who shall conjure back again with any incantation? In with you too now, Cassandra, since Zeus has made you a sharer in the sacrifices in our house. I've no time to waste here with her outside the palace. The sheep stand ready for slaughter in front of the hearth at the center of the house. You, if you're going to do anything that I tell you, do it quickly. Chorus, don't speak to her anymore. Use your hands. That's all these foreigners understand. She looks like a wild thing newly caught. Of course she does. She's come here not yet knowing how to wear the curb bit till she's frothed out her spirit in blood. Exit, Clytemestra. Come, you poor girl, yield to what must be. Wear your yoke for the first time. I pity her. Oh, 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 the land! Lord Apollo! Lord Apollo! Why do you raise such dismal cries to Apollo? Oh, 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 the land! Lord Apollo! Lord Apollo! Again she calls upon the god. Lord Apollo! Lord Apollo! God of the streets, god of destruction, now again god of my destruction, and so easily. Lord Apollo! Lord Apollo! God of my destruction, god of the streets, to what streets have you led me now? To what house? To that of the sons of Atreus. Yes, to house that the gods hate. We have heard of your fame as a prophet, but we need no foretellers here. Oh, what does she plan? It is a great evil against the house that she is planning. Is this what you bring to consummation? I don't understand. What baffles me is the dimness of what comes from the gods in words. Oh, 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 a net, a net of death. She strikes, he falls, he falls, that is his end, I tell you. A treacherous murder in this cauldron. What good word ever came to mankind from the prophets? The wordy tricks of prophets bring terrors for us to understand. It is my own suffering on top of his that my tongue spills out. Where is this you have brought to me in my sorrow? For nothing but to share his death? What else? What is this word you have spoken all too clearly? It is heartbreak to hear you. Now my prophecy shall no longer peer from behind veils like a newly married bride. No, it will rush on a wind brightly blowing into the rising sun. I will not school you in riddles any longer. The revelers have drunk to wet their courage more, man's blood, 
And so they abide in the house, and none shall expel them. They are the furies that attend on the murder of kin. I do wonder at you, that you, reared beyond the sea, and speaking a strange tongue, should talk of these things as if you had been there. It was Apollo the prophet that charged me with the gift of prophecy, Apollo that breathed his grace into me. He fell in love with you. Did you come to the breeding of children? I promised the god and cheated him. Had you already got your gift of prophecy? Oh, yes. I used to tell my countrymen all that would happen, but since my offense against them, no one believed a word of mine. Ah, but to us right now, you seem to prophesy truly. I tell you, you will live to see Agamemnon's death. Wretched girl, hold your tongue in piety. Yet all the same, I shall not die dishonored by the gods. A wanderer outcast will come to take vengeance for me. He will kill the mother in whom he was seated, and will avenge his father. His father's corpse will bring him home again. I will go and face it. I will face my death. These gates before me here, I call you now by name, the gates of death. You are a woman that has suffered much, and understood much. But if you truly know your fate, why do you walk up to the altar steadfastly, like an ox? There is no escape, my friends. The time is full. She recoils. What is it? What is the fear that turns you back? <gasps> Cassandra shudders. What made you shudder? Or is it something in your mind that disgusts you? No, it is just like the smell of a grave. Still, I will go into the house to mourn with cries of my own and Agamemnon's deaths. I have had enough of life. Exit, Cassandra. Here, here is this king, to whom the blessed gods granted the sacking of Priam's city. He came home with all the honors that the gods gave him. But now, if he shall pay for the blood of the past... Ah! Off stage, a woman screams, a man cries out in agony. Cassandra runs on stage, followed by Agamemnon. Clytemestra then enters, wielding a bloody knife, followed by Augustus. What have you done, woman? Given justice where it was due. Justice? For what? For what you did to my daughter. Uh Clytemestra, with brutal relish, slits Agamemnon's throat. He falls, dead. Cassandra drops to her knees. And this girl, the prophetess, what about her? Yes, kill her too. Why does she deserve to live through all this suffering? Augustus goes to Cassandra, grabs her head, and violently breaks her neck. This was my day of trial. I'd thought of it enough, and long enough, a trial of an old coral years and years old. I struck him twice, he gave two groans, and his body went limp. So it is, people of Mycenae, be glad if you can. I triumph in it. I wonder at your tongue, that you should boast like that over a dead husband. You try me out as if I were a woman who could not think? Woman, what evil thing have you eaten that grows from the earth? He sacrificed his own daughter, dearest pain of my womb, to charm the contrary winds. 
You scream proud defiance as though the bloody smear of your success has maddened your mind. By the justice due to my child, by the fury in whose honor I cut this man's throat, my hope treads not within the hall of fear so long as Aegisthus lights the hearth fire for me. There lies Agamemnon, this girl's seducer, and there she is, our prophet, that shared his bed, a faithful whore that spoke her auguries for him. Both have suffered as they deserved. Enter Chaos. Oh, my king, my king, how shall I sorrow for you? Will you dare to do this, to make lament for him, you who killed him, your husband? The care of that concerns you not at all. It is by our hand that he fell, that he died, and we shall bury him with no cries of mourning from this house. Mine was the whole contriving of this evil plot, so glorious the result, that now I welcome death itself, having seen him in the traps of justice. Augustus, I do not respect insolence at the moment of calamity. Do you dare talk back to me, you who sit at the lower oar, while we are in possession of the upper deck? Why didn't you kill him yourself with your cowardly soul? No, your partner, the woman, did the killing. But I tell, Orestes still sees the light of day, that he may come home and with good luck at his side, be conquer in the death of both of you. Since you resolve to act and talk like this, you'll soon know. Here, my bodyguards, this is your work, right here. No, dearest, no. Let us do no further evils, no bloodletting. Yield to what must be before you suffer. What we did had to be done. You lack all brains so to abuse your master. It does not fit a grief to fawn on a villain. I will get even with you in the days to come. Not if the spirits bring Aristides home. You know you will pay me for your foolishness. Boast, do. Be bold. A cock beside your hen. Do not pay heed to their vain yappings. I and you together will make all things well, for we are the masters of this house. Clytemestra and Augustus exit. Chaos looks over the dead bodies of Agamemnon and Cassandra, then look at the audience and smiles. Blackout curtains. Part two, the libation bearers. Here we are, and the great tale of our climax approaches the horizon. Now we finally meet the young man who is the culmination of everything I have set in motion. Orestes, the son of Agamemnon and Clytemnestra. Ah, here he comes now. Oh, and look there. There come the libation bearers bearing their libations. The oil is poured out for the dead. Enter Orestes and Pylades. Hades, god of the underworld, and Hermes, protector of my father's sovereign rights, be now my saviors, my allies, as I supplicate you. For I come to this land a returned exile, and here upon this grave, my father's grave, I call on him to give ear to me and hear. I dedicate a lock of my hair for mourning. For father, I wasn't there to raise my voice in sorrow at your death. From the back of the house. 
Ladies and gentlemen in waiting that tend to my house, give me your counsel. What is this band dressed in all black? What can have happened? I see my sister Electra coming, in deep mourning as she would be. Oh, Zeus, grant that I may avenge my father. Enter Electra and chorus of libation bearers. What am I to say as I pour my libation of mourning? How can I speak? How pray to my father? Can I say, coming from my mother, a gift from a loving wife to a loving husband? I haven't the audacity for that. I will speak then, since you bid me, for the grave of your father I revere like an altar, and my words will be what's in my mind. Pour the holy oils and say, for those who are his will, wishers. Whom shall I address as that? First yourself, and then whoever hates Aegisthus. So my prayer will be for me and for you. Speak it immediately. Whom shall I add besides? Remember Orestes, even if he is not here. Good, good. How well you to instruct me? Then remember, on those guilty of the murder. What shall I say? I don't know. Tell me. Say simply, who will kill to answer killing? Can I with piety ask the gods for that? Yes, giving evil for evil to an enemy. Hades of the underworld, summon the spirits under earth who keep watch over my father's house to hear my prayer. And earth itself that brings all things to birth, having raised them takes again from them the fruit of their fertility. Hear I, that pour to the dead this oil, call to my father. Father, have pity on me, kindle the Orestes to be a light to the house. For as it is, both of us are exiles, sold by our mother, who traitors for a man, Augustus, her partner in her father's murder. Drop a streaming tear for our deaths, for dead is our Lord. Drop the tear as a shield, for dead is our Lord. Hear me, our Lord, whom I revere. Hear an infirmity of my mind. Let one come to redeem the house, for dead is our Lord. My father has the oils. The earth has drunk them. She sees Orestes' lock of hair. What is it? I see on the grave a lock of newly cut hair. For what man's head or what girl's? No one but myself could have cut of this hair. Could it be a secret gift from him, Orestes? How could he have dared to come here? He sent it, this hair, a morning tribute to his father. Look, look, here's more evidence, footprints, and they are also like mine. Enter Pylades, followed by Orestes. Pray for the rest that it may turn out well, acknowledging the prayers that are fulfilled. As of now, what have I got with the help of the gods? You have come within sight of what you long have prayed for. Do you know whom I've called upon? I know that you dearly love Orestes. And how does that mean my prayers are answered? I am Orestes. Can I be talking to you, the real Orestes? You see me in person and you don't know me. You were so young when mother sold you, oh dearest darling of your father's house. Trust in your strength and you will still win back that house. Oh dear face, that is all four shares of my love. May victory, justice, and Zeus, making the third, greatest of all, be your helper. Zeus, Zeus, look down and save us. 
I and you, dear Electra, can be seen here, a family without a father, both shares of the same exile at home. Zeus, save us. Save us. You will lift this house to greatness. Saviors of your father's hearth, silence. Let someone hear you, children, and bring the news to the master of the house. Oh, to see them dead in a fiery ooze of pitch. The strong oracle of Apollo will not let me down, the oracle that bade me run this risk. He spoke of many things in his warning voice, of chill destruction under the warm heart. If I should fail to pursue my father's murderers, kill them, he said, to match their killings. Of all assaults of the furies, he spoke, that my father's blood would bear to bring upon me. The unseen anger of the father bars his son from the altars. And at last, unhonored and unloved, in utter ruin, wasted to dryness, death. Shall I not believe the truth of oracles like these? Even if I didn't believe, the deed must be done. O oh, great fates, bring all to fulfillment, for Zeus in the way that the path of justice is. Let enemy tongue pay for enemy tongue, for bloody stroke let a bloody stroke be paid. Father, father most dread, what shall I say or do to bring you here from your far land? Where the bed of the grave holds you, where darkness is your share of the light. Child, the due morning of fathers and parents shall set the hunt on. Hear, my father, in turn, my grief and my tears. Hear, O oh my father, in turn, my grief and my tears. Hear the twin dirge of your children by the graveside. The grave has welcomed us as suppliant and exile, both alike. Zeus, send up to us from the world below. Revenge, revenge on the sacrilegious hand. May it be mine to sing a strong cry of triumph over a man stricken and a woman dying. When will the hand of Zeus strike with power? After the days of injustice, I demand justice. It is the law that the drops of blood fall on the ground demand more blood. The plague of the Furies calls aloud on behalf of those already dead for another destruction to crown the first. Mother, all daring, you were the enemy, and you dare to give him an enemy's funeral. Without citizens for the carrying forth of their king, without dirge, you buried him unmourned. But she shall pay for the dishonoring of my father by favor of the gods and favor of these hands of mine. When I have cut my foes away from life, may death come upon me. She cut off his hands to stuff in his armpits, seeking to render his death something unbearable to you, his children. Father, killed in ways unroyal, give me control of this house that was yours. Father, I too need this from you, to destroy Aegisthus and to escape. War god will clash with war god. Justice with justice. Oh, Earth, send up my father to oversee the fight. Grant us victory. Send us justice, grant us a handhold to match their hands. Hear this last cry of all, royal father. Hear us, and come to the light. Enough. Now go, since you are rightly set on action. My sister must go inside to hide this plan that we have arranged, that those who killed with treachery or prince may themselves be caught with treachery and die. In the same snare as our lord Apollo has prophesied, I will disguise myself as a foreigner and come with Pylades here to the courtyard gates. Do you, Electra, keep a very he keep a careful watch in the house, and you, my friends, keep a very heedful hold upon your tongue. 
The rest Pylades must oversee, who has guided my sword to success in other contests. Exit Orestes, Pylades, and Electra. And who can tell how far those passionate loves can dare? What of this wild marriage tie, accursed by the house? What are the designs that the woman crafted against her soldier husband? Deep-rooted is the trunk of justice tree, and to the house of glorious furies, brings a child at long last to exact penalty for the pollution of old bloodshed. Enter Orestes and Pylades. Hello, within there. Who is there? Who is at home? I hear you. For the last time, come out, if this house of Asgistus has any hospitality. Enter, servant. What is your country? What is your need? Take a message to your masters to whom I come. I have news for them. Hurry, for night's car hastens on to dark. Exit, servant. Enter, Clytemestra. Sirs, say what you have to say. You shall have all that fits this house to give. Warm baths and comfortable beds. I am Dulieus, a Phocian, a stranger to you. I was going to Argos on my private business, and a man met me as I journeyed. A man unknown to me before, and asked me about the road. His name was Strophius, also a Phocian. If, sir, you are going to Mycenae in any case, would you remember, truly, to tell Orestes's parents that Orestes is dead? Please do not forget this message. Curse of this house! You've stripped me of those I loved, and now Orestes. He was the one hope. I would I could have made the acquaintance of such noble hosts through happy events. Bring these men to the men's guest chambers. We ourselves will give your message to the master of the house. Exit all except the chorus. When shall we show the strength of our voices for Orestes? But here I see Orestes' nurse in tears. Where are you going, Celissa? The mistress bade me call Augustus speedily to meet these strangers. He surely too will hear and will rejoice when he has gasped the story. Ah oh, me, ah oh, me, never did I endure the likes of this. But my Orestes, my life's work, my nights broken with his crying, all the many tasks so unlessly performed, I bore them all. For a baby is helpless, you must tend him like an animal. It does not say what allies it, hunger or thirst, or a wet nappy. The child's young belly is his own. I was his prophet of his needs, but often deceived, you may be sure. And so the laundriness that made all white again. A nurse is often a nurse, a cleaner both. I doubled in both trades as I look took Orestes to raise his father's heir, and now I hear he is dead. Oh my God. And I go to fetch this man, this very infection of our house. You will be glad to hear the news. Yes, but what if Zeus means to change our present ill weather? How can that be? Oh, house hope, Orestes is gone. Not yet. What? Do you have different news from what is said? Go, give your message. Do what your mistress told you. I will 
obey your words and go. Maybe all be for the best, as the gods will give it. All I have spoken is justice. O Zeus, protect us. Make our champion winner over his enemies within the house. Enter Aegisthus. I was summoned. My wife's message brought me here. I have learned there's news, the death of Orestes. No, my lord, Aegisthus, I fear you're wrong. Wrong? How could I be wrong? Why, because he's here. Orestes is present. Oh, mighty Zeus, be praised. Where is he? I need to see him. It is I, my lord. I am Orestes. Orestes strikes down the unsuspecting Aegisthus. Well, my brother, half the snake is scotched. Yes, but the most deadly half is not. Our master is killed. Aegisthus is no more. Open the doors. Where is Clytemnestra? What is she doing? It seems that now her neck is on the block to fall, as she has deserved it should. Enter Clytemnestra. What is this? What does your shouting mean? It is the dead killing the living. I understand the truth of your riddle. We killed by cunning, now we die by cunning. Yes, it is you I seek. He has had enough. My god, he is dead? Dear, strongest Aegisthus. You love him, do you? In the same grave you'll be along with him. Orestes? Is it you? Oh my, how you've grown to be a man. Yes, mother, it is I, Orestes. Stop, my child. Have some reverence for this breast, which often, sleeping, you milked to your good, squeezing it with your gums. Oh, Pylades, what shall I do? I cannot kill my mother. What will be of Apollo's prophecies, then? Have everyone his enemies rather than the gods? I mean to kill you beside him. You rated him in life above my father, now in death sleep with him, between the two men you love and hate. I love you, and would grow old with you. You killed my father. Would you live with his son? Fate. My child was a partner in all this. And fate it is that brings this death on you. Do you not fear your mother's curses, child? You brought me to birth and sold me, shamelessly. What was the price I got for you? I am ashamed to insult you openly with that. Then you must speak openly of your father's lechery. It is hard for a woman to live without a man. I see, my child, you mean to kill your mother. It is you who kill yourself, not I who kill you. Watch out. Guard yourself against your mother's furious hounds. If I let you go, shall I not fear my father's furious hounds? I think I'm singing my dirge at the grave's edge, and that is vain. This is the snake I brought to birth and suckled. The fear in your dream was a true prophet, yes. You violated in killing, now you are violated in suffering. Orestes kills his mother. Justice has come at last. Justice has come with its heavy hand. The might of the gods is always mastered in action against the wicked. 
See there the two princes of this land. They killed my father, plundered the house. They were solemn as they sat on their thrones. They are dear friends to one another still. I praise my father. Now I am here to lament him. Ah me, for this present trouble, and now there's another. I want you to know, for how it will end, I don't know. Yes, I confess. I killed my mother, and I did so justly. I cite as the chief cure for this awful thing I did, Apollo and his prophecies. He spoke to me and said, if you do this, you will be clear of evil blame. I will go to Apollo's shrine, his seat at the navel of the earth. But what you did was right. Do not blame yourself. You gave its freedom to all the city of Mycenae. Oh, oh, can these be women? Look, they're like gorgons. Their robes are dark and they themselves are a mass of writhing snakes. What are these visions that torment you? They are not visions. They are clearly what they are. My mother's furious hounds. It is the fresh blood on your hand that does it. Apollo with a touch shall make you tr free of these torments. May the God upon you with, un with kindly aspect guarding you throughout the perils you must meet. When will it find completion? When will it end? When will the fierceness of our ruin fall again to its sleep? Enter three of the ugliest creatures you've ever seen. They are the Furies, and they set off in chase of Orestes. Chaos enters and looks over the dead bodies of Aegisthus and Clytemnestra. He weeps a little bit at what he has caused. So, my Furies, go forth, hound that boy, chase him to the end of the world, make him pay for this blood he has spilt. Blackout. Curtain. Part three, the Eumenides. The curtain opens on Orestes asleep. Apollo stands over him, facing off against chaos, backed up by the three furies. Apollo, Lord of Light, giver of prophecy, protector of this puny human. Lord Chaos. Master of the old ways. Old ways, yes, but true ways, truer than the ways that you have about yourself. Hear me, Chaos, and fear the hue and cry of true justice. Ha! Justice! What is this justice you squelch about? You will learn in your own good time. We will meet again once more at the hill of Ares in Athens. Furies, hound this mortal man. Chaos exits, and Apollo puts the Furies to sleep. Oh, King Apollo, you know not to be unjust. I will not desert you. To the end, your guardian beside you and afar, I shall prove myself not gentle to your enemies. Now you see these crazed creatures sunk in sleep. It's prisoners, these ancient children. Not God, nor man, nor beast will touch them. Their birth, too, was for evil, for evil darkness is where they live. I will protect you, but you must flee from them, for they will hunt you through all the length of the earth as you stride onward. Go to the city of Pallas Athena. There, clasp your arms around the ancient image and sit, 
In that place you will find judges and speeches as our engines to enchant them. So you shall be freed entirely from your trouble. I did persuade you to kill your mother. Remember that. Do not let fear conquer your mind. Go now. Exit Apollo and Orestes. Enter Clytemnestra's ghost. You sleep? What do I need with sleepers? Because of you, I am dishonored among the other dead. Those dead that I have killed never let up their abuses against me. I wander, shamed among the perished people. I tell you, I have the greatest blame among them. I that have suffered such, such outrages from those dearest to me. And no God shows his anger on my behalf, though I was slaughtered by the hands that killed their mother. You have licked up many of my offerings, shared with no other God. Now I see all this trodden underfoot, neglected. He has slipped away like a fawn, lightly, even from the closest of nets. Take heed, you goddesses beneath the earth, for it is I that call you in a dream. Clytemnestra. The man has escaped. Follow him. Follow him. Exit Clytemnestra. We have suffered and in vain. Oh, beyond enduring, he slipped the net. I lost my prey. Apollo, what a thief you are. You are young and have ridden down the ancient gods. You stole away a mother murderer. This is what the new gods do. You see the earth's navel in blood, a massive curse. Apollo shall have my bitterness. Orestes shall not be free. Out with you and be quick. Go, rid this prophetic sanctuary of your presence. It is not fit your feet should touch my house here. You belong where sentences of execution are carried out, the gouging of eyes, cutting of throats, mutilation, stoning, where the whimpering of men impaled cry pity, be gone. Apollo, culprit. How so? You gave an oracle that the stranger should kill his mother. I gave an oracle that he should avenge his father. And so you promised to accept new blood. You are not fit to approach a shrine like this. This is our appointed task. What is this fine appointed task that you boast of? Drive from their houses those that kill their mothers. And what of the women who kill their men? She's not a bloodkin, not a bloodkin. In your argument, the bond of marriage is discounted utterly. For man and woman, the bed, when justly kept, is greater than any oath that can be sworn. The goddess Athena shall oversee the trial. I am drawn by blood, mother's blood. I will seek penalty. And I will protect him. The scene changes to the temple of Athena at Athens. Orestes is seen clinging to a statue of Athena. Lady Athena, by the command of Apollo I come. Receive me kindly, though I am guilty. Here he is, the smell of human blood smiles to greet me. He has twined his hands round the image of the goddess immortal. He's seeking protection. He wishes to be subject to trial for what his hands did. But that may not be. His mother's blood has fallen to earth. It cannot be recalled. It was shed, spread on the ground, and is gone. But blood to match blood, you must give... To me, gulp from your living self, rich blood cake from your limbs. 
living as you are, I will waste you and haul you beneath the earth, that you may pay for your mother's agony with pains that shall match hers. The blood is falling asleep. It is melting off my hand. And the taint of mother killing has washed away. Yes, it was fresh once at the hearth of Phoebus Apollo. Time, aging, pulls everything down alike. So now I call in reverence. Athena, queen of this land, to come to me. May she come to me to deliver me from evil. No, neither Apollo nor Athena's strength will rescue you. Answer me now. Do you despise my words? You, raised to be mine, a victim sacred to me. You shall be my feast while the life is still within you. The blood sucked from you, fodder for ghosts, a shade. Against this man who keeps secret his murderous hands, we are upright witnesses for those dead, extractors of blood and revenged against him. Here is our hymn, driving mind askew, wrenching it from its course, working its mischief. This is the Fury's song. Chains on the mind, no sound else. It wastes away mortal men. Mortal men whose lot was to do the wanton murder of their own kin. We shall attend these until they enter the clay of the earth. Over the one to be sacrificed, here is our hymn. Driving mind askew, working its mischief. Chains on the mind, it wastes away mortal men. It all abides. We are the contrivers. The perfectors of evil, keen-memoried, holy, inaccessible to mortal prayers. We follow a task dishonored, a function quite separate from the gods, under a light that knows no sun. The statue that Orestes has been holding reveals herself to be Athena. I have heard a cry from afar, and here I see this company new to this land. But, and I but wonder, who can they be? I speak to all of you, to the stranger who sat in my image, and to you there, who are not like anything to be begotten. Daughter of Zeus, you shall know all and quickly, for we are night's dark children. We are called the curses in our places under the earth. I know your race and your titles, too. We drive from their houses those that murdered others. Is this the hunt that you have set upon this man? Yes, he confessed he was his mother's killer. Was he not subject to the force of another's anger? What is the force that drives to kill one's mother? This is one half the case. There are two sides. Then try the case. You, give a straight judgment. Will the settlement of the case then rest with me? Why not? Why not? We find you, we worthy. Find you worthy. And what do you, stranger, have to say to this? Tell us your country and your family and your circumstances and then fight your case against their slander of you. Queen Athena, I am from Mycenae, and my father's name, I'm glad you ask it, is Agamemnon, the supreme marshal of our forces at sea. But he, my father, died shamefully when he came to his own house. My mother killed him with cunning nets. I myself was in exile before this, but I returned and killed my mother, killing to quit the killing of my dear father. Apollo bore his share of the guilt for all of this with me. If I should not act against the guilty murderers, he threatened agonies. Whether I did so justly or unjustly is not for you to judge. However I fare, I am in your hands, content. You have approached my house, 
a suppliant purified and harmless. But these have functions not lightly to be dismissed, and if the judgment does not go their way, after rewards the poison that drips from their minds, will fall into the ground and be a pestilence, deadly and dark. So the matter stands. The outcome for both sides contains helpless disaster. This is too great an issue for men to pronounce judgment on, nor is it in accordance with sacred law that I should decide the issue of this murder. But since the case has fallen to me, I will choose judges with respect for an oath, and so set up an ordinance forever. Here now is the outcome of new institutions, if the plea and the crime of the mother killer shall prevail. For there will be no brooding wrath of the furies that watch mankind to attend upon such deeds. There is a place where terror is good. It should sit and watch over the mind. Wisdom comes through the cramping of limits, where there is a man who in the light of day fears nothing in his heart, where there is a city of such men. Which men? What city? Fears justice as they once did. Enter Apollo. My lord Apollo, rule where rule is yours. What have you to do with this? I have come to give my witness. This man in all view usage is my suppliant, and I have purified him of murder. So I will be his advocate, for I too bear the blame for this man's mother's murder. Introduce the case and judge it according to your knowledge. It is for you to make your... Now enter the stage. They are citizens of Athens. It is for you to make your speech. I declare the proceedings open. The prosecutor should speak first. That way he may properly inform us of the matter. First... Declare whether you did kill your mother. Yes, I killed her. I do not deny that. There is one of three wrestling falls already. I am not yet on the ground for you to boast over me. Very well. Then tell us how you killed her. With dagger in hand, I cut her throat. At whose incentive and by whose plans? By Apollo's oracles. He is here, my witness. The prophet instructed you to kill your mother? Yes, and so far I do not fault what has happened. You will if the vote condemns you. I have my trust. From the grave my father will help me. You trust the dead when you have killed your mother? Yes, for she was stained with double blood guiltiness. How was that? Inform your judges here. She killed in the same man her husband and my father. But you are alive, and she is now quit of the murder. Why did you not hunt her to banishment when she was alive? Because she was no bloodkin to him she killed. I am bloodkin then to my mother. How else then did she raise you in her womb, her murderer? Your dearest blood tie to your mother. Do you disown it? Apollo, now bear witness. Now expose how I have killed her justly. I will speak to you the whole assembly, this great court of Athens. I will speak justly, for I am a prophet and will not lie. Upon my prophet's throne, I never spoke yet of man or woman or city, a word that was not bidden me by Zeus, father of the Olympians. Be advised how strong that justice is. I bid you follow his will. There is no oath stronger than Zeus. Zeus, you say Zeus gave you this oracle to tell you, Orestes here, that in avenging his father's murder, he should forever dishonor his mother? It is not the same for a nobleman to die 
honored with the scepter which the gods give princes as to die by a woman's hand, not with furious arrows launched by an Amazon from afar, but as you will hear. He had come from war, he was received with loyalty. This was the end of majesty and the great fleet's commander. Look to how you defend the acquittal of this man. He has shed on the ground his mother's blood. Will he then live in his father's house in Mycenae? What public altars will he use? I will tell you this. Mark how clear my words. She that is called the mother of the child is not its parent, but she is the nurse of the new seed. It is the thrust of the stallion that is the parent. The woman saves the young living plant for a stranger, as she is a stranger to him. I now bid the judges, in all honesty, give a true judgment. I remain to hear how the decision shall be made. You've heard what you've heard. In the truth of your hearts, give your votes and respect the oaths you've sworn. You who judge this first trial of bloodshed, this shall be for all time to come the people of Athens, the judges' chamber. For this is Ares Hill. Do not cast terror utterly out of your city, for what man is just that has no fear of anything? If the citizens fear what they honor, justly they shall have such as no other people of mankind possess. This shall be a council chamber untouched by gain. Now be upright and with reverence for your oath. Bear your vote and decide the case. I shall give you counsel. Do not dishonor this company of ours. We can be dangerous. And I bid you fear those oracles that are both mine and Zeus's. Let them not be fruitless. Bloodshed is not your function, but you honor it. Henceforth, the oracles you give will be impure. If I lose the case, I will be a danger to this land. Let the judges now proceed to cast out the votes from the urns that contain them. O oh, night, dark mother, are you watching? For me it is death or the light of life. For us, destruction or continued horror. The vote is equal and the judgment mine. The man has been acquitted in the murder suit. Orestes, you are free to go. Pallas Athena, you have saved my house. I that had lost a fatherland am restored. Athena and Apollo, now I shall go to my home again, in peace. Oh, you young gods, you have written down the old ways. You have snatched them out of my hands. I have no more honor. A blight will come of it. No leaves, no children. Oh, justice, the blight will attack the land and cast upon it inflection which kills its people. You have not been conquered. Reflect and do not rage so. Do not bring infertility upon the land, for I make an absolute promise to you in all justice, that within this country you may sit at the hearth on gleaming thrones and be honored by all citizens. That I should suffer so. I wish my thoughts of ancient times, that I should dwell beneath the earth. Hear me, Mother Night, for the ancient honors of the gods have been snatched away and been made nothing of. If you find sacred the honor of persuasion, the sweetness of my tongue and its power to charm, then remain here with us, for you may certainly be our land's lord, justly honored forever. Lady Athena, what is the home you speak of? One free of unhappiness, only receive the gift. And if I do, what honor do I continue to receive? No household will thrive without you. 
Will you indeed give me so much power? I shall. And will you guarantee this for all time? I do not promise what I will not perform. I give over my anger. I will not dishonor the city. I pray that the sun's radiance bring from the earth abundantly all goods of life that depend on fortune. I praise you the for the three reveal themselves to actually be beautiful young women. I praise you for the meanings of your prayers. I shall send you on your way underneath, beneath our earth. Advance in order great and vulnerable, you virgin daughters of night. Holy silence be, be glorified in honor and in sacrifice and in fortune. Holy silence. At the end of the trial, as Arrestus is freed, the triumphal Olympic music is played. The cast, dead bodies and all, come out in praise of the establishment of justice and order. Chaos comes out in the midst of all this joy and delight and is visibly crushed. The end of the Oristia.